Welcome to the Openly Spoken Podcast, the self-development and self-love podcast where you get to learn through the open sharing of stories. I'm your host, Celia Antonio, self-love and self-care mentor. I also like to call myself a quantum self-love coach, a spiritual healer, and a self-expression enthusiast. You can find me on Instagram at selfexpressbabe, and I'd love to connect with you there. And I am on a mission to create a world with more embodied, empowered, and fully self-expressed women. And this podcast is one of the ways I get to serve you. My guests and I cover topics around spirituality, womanhood, healing, business, love and relationships, and more as we open up and share our journeys through life. My intention with Openly Spoken is to help be your guide to empowerment, self-expression, and living a life you are in love with. I invite you now to set an intention, open your mind and surrender to the transmission you're about to receive. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's dive into the episode. Hello, welcome to, or welcome back to the Openly Spoken podcast. I am so grateful that you've decided to hit play today. My name is Celia Antonio. I'm a quantum self-love coach, spiritual healer, and self-expression mentor. I hope that you like my new intro to the podcast. All of the episodes moving forward will have this intro. And today I'm really excited. I'm going to be talking about the sisterhood wound. So the sisterhood wound is something that I've been working on since around 2015 or 16 was when I started doing some work around it. And it's recently came up again, I want to say in like February. Yeah, February, because in February was when I picked up the book, uh, Women Who Run With the Wolves, which I'm still reading, have it next to me. I am on the chapter about nourishing your creative life. So I think it's really cool that I'm here creating this podcast episode. But this sisterhood wound, I'm going to talk about, first of all, what it is, if this is your first time hearing about it, and what's come up for me, what I've done in the past, what it's looking like now. And the thing about any type of healing work is that when things resurface, so here I am in a space where this like sisterhood wound stuff is resurfacing coming to my awareness again, healing is like an upward spiral. So the same quote issue or problem or whatever you want to label the kind of like block or contraction or situation, whatever it is, it will come up again and again in your life. But as you're moving through life and as you're growing when you come back to it, you're coming back to it from a more healed perspective. You're coming back to it from a place of growth. And it's something where you're kind of like ready to heal even more deeply. And you have the perspective and the sight to see the situation a little bit more differently and to have more gratitude for it and to see more of the like good in it. So I just wanted to bring that up that even if it's not the sister wound, whatever other things that might come up, like issues with money or issues with relationship, like the same kind of things will come up and there might be this tendency to, and I've done this too, of this tendency of like, oh, I thought I've worked on this already, but it's not that these things go away completely. It just comes up again for you to like, look at it at an even deeper level. So that's what's been happening with me. And how did this come up? Okay. I'm trying to think back of how the sisterhood wound came up. And I think it's, was really triggered by Thing is really triggered honestly by this podcast because right now today as a, as of the time of recording it this is 
April 21st, 2022, but this episode will be coming out on Tuesday. So in a few next week, actually, but this time, these past few months, I've been recording interviews with my season three guests. And a lot of these guests I have been meeting in containers that I've been in where we work on healing the divine feminine, feeling safe in the feminine, pleasure practices, and all of that stuff where it's like just this deep embodiment and empowerment of womanhood. And I'm just meeting these incredible, super inspiring women. And uh, now that I say this out loud, like there's even, there was even a time before talking with uh, these guests that this has kind of been like coming to my awareness. And it's in working with my coach, Amber, who you've met her in in a previous episode. Um, I think it was maybe a month ago or so. But Amber and I have been working together since November of 2020. So it's been a year and a half already. And um, it's gotten to the point where, you know, we live in the same city. We went to the same high school. And now we've been working together with this coach-client relationship. And it's to this point where we're growing a friendship. And the first time that Amber invited me, like she she said at the end of the call once like, oh yeah, we can, let's meet in person or something. And I immediately in my body um, got this kind of like, like ping in my heart is the only way I can really describe it of like a fear. And um, I didn't bring it up in the call because it was the end of the call, but I just kind of like sat with it and journaled, journaled on that. And I realized like, whoa, I'm I'm scared to hang out with her because I'm like so inspired by her. And I remember telling this to my best friends who actually live on the East Coast. They live in New York and one of them's in New York and one of them is in Washington, D.C. And we've been the pandemic. When the pandemic happened, I moved to the to the West Coast and moved back to California. So we've kind of been separated since the pandemic we had a girls trip once and um I was telling them about this and I was just telling them how I don't feel like I've been in the presence of other women that I've been inspired by since I lived close to them one of my friends she is on the path of becoming a doctor she is in medical school right now And the other one is a psychotherapist. When I met her, she was in her master's program for social work and not to put like, not to put like titles of like what they do is why I'm inspired by them. There's so much more depth to these two amazing, wonderful human beings. And if they are listening, they know who they are and I love you so much, but I've just gotten like, I, I guess my body was like not used to being around such inspiring women that as these women are starting to like surface in my own life, first with my coach and then with, uh, there'll, there'll be more things that I'll bring up. But as it started to come up, my body was kind of like, oh, I'm scared. Like something I, I don't trust, something bad is going to happen or something. But okay, let's bring a little organization (laughs) into this, into this podcast, because I like to come on here and ramble. But I want I said in the beginning that I was going to tell you first what the sisterhood wound is. So the sisterhood wound, I'll tell you where what it is and like where it comes from. So it's basically like this mistrust and fear and this tension and contraction around relating to other women. So to kind of explain it more, if if I tell you where it comes from, you'll see what it is. So think of like the movie Mean Girls, where there's a new girl, 
if you haven't seen it, there's a new girl in high school and like the popular girl feels threatened by her. So decides to be her friend to kind of like keep enemies close or whatever. But there's not like that real friendship there because there's that like underlying energy of like, she's my competition. And there's like this competition. And even for me, I'm remembering like my mom is, is a Gen Xer and she grew up on a lot of 80s movies and she showed us 80s movies growing up. And even in those movies, like in The Breakfast Club, uh, Pretty in Pink, um, License to Drive, there's this like, there's this like emphasis on women needing to like look a certain way. And like, if you don't look or act a certain way, you're like losing the competition. And there's this, there's this like competitiveness. And I've heard even from my own research of this, and I will do a part two of this episode, um, or like a part two where I revisit this again in the next season, in season three, because I want to give a couple of more months of me doing some work on this and then I'll update you on this probably in like, I want to say like July or August because season three is starting in July. So um, what was I going to say? <laughs> so what I've looked up is, uh, and what I've read is that this comes from like the time where women were burned for being witches because at that time there was like, there was like this, women were made like enemies against each other. Like if, if you knew that someone in your tribe or town or whatever it was at that time was a witch, like you had to out her because otherwise you would get in trouble if they found, if whoever they is, whoever's in charge found out that you knew that she was a witch and you didn't say anything. So there was this like competition amongst women and there's this like like from me growing up on 80s movies and even movies in the 90s and early 2000s I don't know if movies now really have that I don't I don't watch enough but like there's this drama amongst women and this can this blah 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 <laughs> this kind of like toxic relating towards women can come partially yes from the media but like there's a there's a deeper layer behind and a more like foundational time of when you learn how to relate to other women and that starts with your mother so when you're a baby the relationship you have with your mom sets the tone for the relationships you're going to have with other women and same thing with your dad the relationship you have with your dad is going to set the relationship you have with other men. And so for me, like one of the things that really came up, I started working on my sisterhood wound in around 2015. And this was because at that time I had graduated college. Um, let's take it even further back. I know this is like all over the place, but if we take this further back with me, with my history of friendships, friends have always been super important to me because in my household, it was pretty dysfunctional. My parents were young when they, when they became parents and, you know, there were like money issues and immigration issues and a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety. And that was definitely felt at home. And that didn't leave the capacity for them to really see me and for me to really feel seen and feel heard. So school was a huge like escape for me. And it was so nourishing for me to have friendships in school. But the issue with that was that we moved a lot. We moved a lot. I moved after kindergarten. I moved after first grade. I moved again after third grade. Like we moved so much that like it was just, I remember like it being so painful to say goodbye to friends that I really loved. And 
I remember even like voicing this. I don't, I don't remember if it was to my mom or my dad, but I remember them telling me like, oh, you could just make new friends. And like, it was just sad to me to like, feel like my friends aren't cared about, but I was also too young to understand and too young to know of like, let's get their address and let's be pen pals. Cause that was a thing back then. And I, I definitely, as I got older, I have this, uh, I had this one friend in fifth grade, we were best friends and she moved after fifth grade and we became pen pals. We wrote letters like all the way up until high school. And then we connected on social media. Now we talk once in a while on the phone, but there was definitely more connection when we wrote letters. We wrote letters all the time. Maybe we should start doing that again. But anyways, so as a kid, I moved a lot. And then like, I had friends that moved away too. And then, and then I feel like as I got older, that moving and like constantly saying goodbye to people kind of closed me off because I thought like, oh, it's safer to not deeply connect with people because there's going to inevitably inevitably be this time where I'll have to say goodbye. I moved the last time that I moved when I was like in school age was when I was 11. And from the time I was 11 all the way until graduating high school, I stayed in the same town, which I was so I was, and I am still so grateful for that because that like the friends that I made there, like, I love them so much. Even some of them who like, we might've outgrown each other and we might be on completely different paths and, and we don't really hang out anymore. I still appreciate their presence in my life. And I appreciate that they were a part of my growth in that time. It was I kind of moved through friendships and I, I didn't know it then, but I see now that I was very close to letting people in close. So what this looked like for me was that in seventh grade, I had a certain best friend in eighth grade. I had a certain best friend in ninth grade, like every year, almost I went through this, like phase where I would hang out with like one friend all the time. And this person, she was like my best friend. And then some, nothing would really happen. It would just kind of like, for example, um, my best friend from eighth grade and ninth grade, we hung out all the time. And then like in the middle of ninth grade, uh, she was hanging out with a group of people that I didn't really resonate with. And there was no drama in between us. We just kind of like naturally, went our own paths. Right. But then sometimes there, there was drama with friends and it was kind of like this, like inconsistency. Right. And then when I got to college, I had to work two jobs to pay for my tuition because I didn't have the option to have, uh, family helped me. I didn't have the option for government grants or scholarships because that that's just not available to you when you're not an American citizen. So, uh, my social life was non-existent. It was non-existent. I remember that there was a time where, where I went to a fashion show because I studied fashion design. I went to a fashion show. It was actually a it was the Diane von Furstenberg launch of her fragrance. And we got to wear like Diane von Furstenberg dresses that our school loaned us. And uh, there was like this drawing where we could um, enter to win her fragrance and also a dress. And I won that, which was really exciting. But the person that I went with, uh, she, her and I had class together. She, I went to her house after class and we got ready together and we went to the event together And I'm remembering that while I was at her house, like we were getting along so well and she was like, we should be best friends. And immediately my, my brain was like red flag. Like my brain was like, you don't just give trust away. Like you don't just become best friends. So that's what I mean about like, I was really closed. I was very closed. Part of it too stemmed from my insecurity as being a German immigrant, like, because 
of being an immigrant also came with like not being able to get a license, not having an ID to get into a bar or a club. And that when I was younger, like really gave me a lot of and like whatever the word is for the opposite of confidence. Like I felt very insecure about that stuff. So college social life was non-existent. And then now we get to 2015 where I'm out of college for a few years and I'm really ready to have girlfriends in my life. And I was really sitting with like, why don't I have aligned girlfriends in my life? And yes, there was that realisticness of like, I was working and like, there wasn't really, I didn't really have the bandwidth for friendships, like the friendships that I did make, like we didn't really hang out too much because my schedule was, I was always working or doing homework or sleeping. <laughs> like that was, that was all that was in my, that was all I had time for. So that was when I discovered in two, around 2015, that was when I discovered that the way you relate to other women stems back to the relationship with your mom. And I really sat with that and did some work around that and realized like, oh my gosh, I have been playing out this story of it's unsafe to trust women because my own experience, my mom and I moved to Germany, we moved from Germany to Los Angeles when I was three years old. And there was like no mention of my of my dad and my mom got like remarried and I didn't, I didn't feel secure with it. And I, I, you know, was, I had so many questions and it was just like, I kind of felt abandoned. Like there was no, there was no support of like, are you okay? Do you want to talk about this? Like your dad is still in, in, in Bremen and you know, this is what's going on. There was no open communication there. So for me as a little girl, I felt very abandoned and betrayed. So my brain turned that into this story of you can't trust women. And that was when I saw like, oh my gosh, like that's, that's why I'm like, that's what I've been carrying into all my friendships, like in, in friendships that I've had that are really close. Like I've always had this underlying feeling of discomfort of like oh my gosh we're so close that means like she's gonna do something to betray me so that's that's what's come that's what's what was coming up and I really hope that in sharing my story with you that you resonate with this and you can kind of like get some insights for you and if you want to talk about this my dms on instagram are open for you you can just message me at self-expressbabe so when I discovered this story, I asked myself, like, what is this costing me? And realized that it was costing me close relationships. It was costing me happiness. It was costing me community. So in, in just being aware of that and discovering that, I like set the intention moving forward that I was going to connect and like allow myself to be seen. And that was when... I moved to Connecticut because at that time I was in a relationship and the person I was dating got a job in Connecticut. So I moved there and I met my two wonderful best friends, Serena and Garcia. And like, I just, I remember the first time feeling like, wow, there are women like this that exist. And it was something very simple. It was just Garcia and I made, um, and I hope it's okay that I'm saying your name. <laughs> I didn't mention it before, but it's just coming out. So I remember that we like made plans for something and um, she immediately took out her eye watch and was like, hey, Siri, remind me to do, like, remind me about this with Celia. And I was just like, wow, yay. Like there are other humans out there who like take that initiative to like really follow through on their commitments and that was something that like I'd never really seen in women before like the women in my family are 
very like flowy and don't really plan stuff. Like if you go on vacation, you don't, you don't know what you're going to do. It's kind of just like go with the flow. So I really appreciated that. Like, like it made me feel important that she set that reminder and like set that time and was like intentional with it. And just like, oh, so, so many beautiful moments that the three of us have had together. And I'm so grateful. And I miss you guys. I miss you guys. I miss you guys so much. So fast forward now to this year, to 2022. And the sister sisterhood wound has come up and like the mother wound stuff has come up because there's this like fear that comes up of being enough. I guess that, yeah, that's what it is of like being enough because I'm connecting with these amazing women that I'm just like, wow, I love the work you're doing. Look at you like celebrating all these like milestones, business milestones, relationship milestones, all these amazing things. And it's like, I think, you know, you know, when you are getting to a point of healing the sister wound or that you've made some progress, when you can see other women achieving these amazing things and you can actually genuinely celebrate with them. Like I am so happy for them. Whereas like, if you were still very stuck in the wounding, instead of being able to celebrate, you would be like, oh, like she's engaged. Why can't I be engaged? Or like her business is is making 10K a month. Why can't mine do that? Like you get to this like victim mode. And then what does that cost you? Like you're walking around with that energy of like, fuck everybody else. And like, of course you're going to repel friendships that are actually aligned with you. And of course you're going to attract the friendships of people who are just going to cause more drama in your life and who are not really looking out for your best interests and who aren't able to connect because it's like, it turns into like a trauma bonded friendship there. So as this, uh, as this has come up, I started reading Women Who Run With The Wolves because this book, it came up a lot. It came up in like, there was someone on Facebook who shared about the book. And then I was listening to this podcast where the podcast guest brought it up and there was a post about like, what are the best books to read to, to connect with your feminine? And that book was there and it just kept on coming up repeatedly in a span of like four days where it just kept coming up. So I was like, okay, okay, universe, I will buy this. So I bought, I bought the book and oh, every chapter is just so beautiful so far. What chapter am I on? I have it here in front of me. I'm on chapter 10, nourishing the creative life. I'm about halfway through. This is a book to really connect with the wild woman archetype. And there are seven different feminine archetypes. And I have an episode coming up about that. It's going to be in season three with with one of my incredible inspiring guests. And we're going to be talking about the seven feminine archetypes. But even just like connecting with your own feminine energy no matter if you are if you are non-binary if you are if you are a woman or even if you're a man like connecting with your own feminine energy i think allows you to see and appreciate that energy within other people so i'm reading reading this book and then um i have this really amazing experience within a program i'm in And we were partnered up. We were partnered up in pairs. We had to do this like manifestation exercise where we were saying out loud what we wanted to manifest as if it was here. And we had to like 
open up our hearts and our bodies and kind of just like bring in a lot of pleasure into it. So we would say like, oh, I'm calling in two new one-on-one clients and, and like the way that you say it, you just like, I can't really, since this is odd, since this is audio and not a video, like I'll just explain that I'm like, I'm opening my heart as I say this, I'm reaching my arms out, I'm opening my throat up and just like inviting lots of pleasure and feel good into voicing your manifestation out loud. So this is what we had to do with our partners. So my partner and I, her name is Thatja. We talked on FaceTime. First, we just connected and then we got into the practice and I've never been witnessed like that by another woman. And it was just so healing of like having gone to this like vulnerable place and being fully seen and being fully like mirrored by her and just being safe through all of it. And it's just such a, like even like revisiting that memory right now, like my whole face is glowing with a huge smile. And that's something that like, if you are working on the sister wound, yes, you do some work on your own with your mindset stuff, but then it needs to be taken deeper and it needs to be something you do in person with other women. So another thing that happened a few weeks ago, I think it was a month ago. I don't remember the exact date, but my coach Amber had an event and uh, it was for the spring equinox. And we had about eight other women there. So it was like a sisterhood circle. It was so amazing. And I remember like being so nervous going to this event, like two weeks before I was like, all right, I'm reading my women who run with the wolves. I'm like journaling on my sisterhood wound. I'm going to like get myself ready and prepared for this. And, um, yeah, it was just like, kind of like, oh, like I'm scared. Like what's going to happen? But it was really like, it was, it was no big deal. So before before leaving, I remember I got into my car to leave the house and I was just like doing some breath work in the car. And I put down my little like visor with the mirror and I was like, you're going to have an amazing time. It's safe to be with these women and you're going to meet some incredible human beings. And I was just saying out loud, like, I'm so grateful for all the, all the human beings I'm going to meet today. Like whoever shows up, I am so grateful for them. And I'm sending them so much love and gratitude already right now, even though I haven't met them. So then I drive to this event and it was closer to my house than I thought. Got, it, took, it got really, yeah, it was closer to my house than I thought. So then I was in the car and I had my affirmation deck. If you follow me on Instagram, you know which affirmation deck I'm talking about. I share it on my stories a lot. And I like was doing breath work again, feeling a little like uneasy. And I asked for a card. I, I was, you know, holding that. I was like, what, what do I need for, to be open, to be able to be seen, to be able to see these women as well? Like what message do I need to make the most out of this? And the card I pulled said this affirmation. It said, when things change inside me, they change around me. When things change inside me, they change around me. And immediately I put my hand on my heart and I smiled and I was just like, yes, that is so true because I've done, I've done the inner work and the inner work is still always going to unfold at a deeper level. Like how I said in the beginning, of this episode with the upward spiral that like things will still come up, but at a deeper level, but I just thought, you know, I've, I'm doing the work on an internal level. I'm doing, I'm doing my stuff. And because of that, I'm ready. I'm ready to be here. Like I'm ready to show up differently than I have in the past, you know? And there's also with the sisterhood wound, there's also a piece of like, if you're working on this, there's also going to be a piece of forgiveness that comes in. Forgiving yourself. That's like a huge, huge one. I think most of forgiveness work is forgiving yourself. 
So like forgiving yourself, for example, um, I remember in middle school, like I was more interested in being popular than um, being a good friend. So I remember like telling, telling one of my closest girlfriends that like, I can't be your friend because you're weird. And I felt so much shame for that for so long, but I've forgiven myself for it. I've talked to her about it and, you know, we've been connected for a few years now. She actually, um, two years ago when I turned 30, she came to my 30th birthday dinner and things are good between us. And we've had talks about it. I've even had, um, I remember at the, now I'm like bringing up random memories, but I remember I had this best friend in, um, sophomore year. And we had this fallout because we both liked the same guy and it was just all this drama, you know, and we, you know, ended up not being friends. And then at our high school prom, they played uh, Umbrella by Rihanna, which was like our song. And we were both there and like we kind of like locked eyes on the dance floor while we were singing it. And like we kind of just like gravitated towards each other and started dancing And then after the song was over, I remember we like held each other and we were like crying and just like being like, I'm sorry for everything. And it was just such a beautiful moment. But like, oh, I'm getting emotional. (laughs) Let me I'll take a drink of my water. (sighs) But really, like no matter no matter where you are, how much tension there is, how much hurt that you've created or that someone else has created, forgiveness is always an option. And forgiveness, like the reason why forgiveness is always an option is because forgiveness is not saying like, oh, what I did was okay. Or like what you did was okay. Or what happened, it's okay if this happens again. It's not saying that it was right. It's just a releasing, like you're acknowledging that that happened. You're acknowledging that, you know, you moving forward, don't want to be that type of person anymore. And you release the shame and the guilt around that. And there's so There's so much forgiveness that will come up around the sisterhood wounds, around the motherhood wounds, like with motherhood, like just realizing like, you know, mom, you did your best. Like you, even though you did this thing that I like really didn't like, you didn't, you weren't purposely trying to hurt me. So like forgiveness is such a big piece about this. So back to this spring equinox event. So I ended up being the first one to arrive, which I thought was great. I love being the first one to arrive so that I could (laughs) talk to Amber. It was our first time meeting in person and she gave me a tour of her house and it was just so lovely. And as I'm saying this out loud, I can like just see her smiling face in my mind, smiling, beautiful face. So then I was really, I was really uh, pleased to see that she had a table that had two card decks laid out and she told she told me to pull a card and the first card I pulled I don't remember what the name of the deck was called but it was like an empowered leadership deck or like a feminine leadership deck and the card I pulled was someone named Epona I don't know if that's how I pronounce it but it's E like elephant P like Peter, O like orange, N like Nancy, A like apple. So that was the name of the drawing of the woman. And it said wise leadership. And I don't remember what it said in the little like booklet that came with the card deck because she had a little booklet. So I like looked it up. I don't remember exactly what it said, but I remember reading it and it resonating and it gave me some sort of message of like, yes, like you are in the right space. You are capable of holding space for others and it is your time to lead and you are more than capable to 
give change to your clients, to hold space. And I just knew that it, it was just very, it resonated so much and it really calmed me down. And then the second deck she had, uh, don't, again, I don't remember what that one was called, but the, um, the card I pulled said the great gathering, it's all coming together, intuitive hits and soul tribe. And I remember the feeling that I just got was like, oh my God, my soul tribe. Like I'm here in this space where I'm, where I'm about to connect with these amazing women. And this is, this is like, these past few months have been like the beginning points of me finding my tribe here on the West coast, especially now that there's less restrictions and there's more in-person events. Like it's time to come out of my little cave. <laughs> it's time to come out of my little cave of isolating from people and, and pouring into my self-development and get back out there and, Oh, and it's just awesome. And another thing that I remember it bringing up because it said soul tribe. Now at this time in my life, I'm 32 and I feel like I'm very picky with friends. Like I'm at a point where I won't people please or mold myself anymore. Like how I used to in the past. Like I remember in my twenties, I was so desperate for friendship that like when I was waitressing, for example, I would go drinking with coworkers after a shift was over, even though I never, I've never really liked drinking. Like it's always made my body feel uncomfortable. And to this day now, like if I go out to, I went out to dinner last night and I had two glasses of wine and it was just too much. Um, I, usually we'll have one or none. And, um, dinner is also another dinner is also another thing to bring up, but yeah, I guess I'll bring that up because I don't, I don't remember the thought that I was closing something about soul tribe, but maybe we'll get to it. <laughs> so last night, last night, Ashton and I went out to dinner on a double date and I was really nervous about this dinner because I've been to, I've been to work dinners with him and his colleagues before, and I'm, I've always been very comfortable in groups where, um, where there's other men around and I'm very comfortable being around men who are like, who have like careers and who are in business because I, I just, I feel comfortable in that space. But yesterday it was a double date situation where um, we were meeting his uh, colleague's girlfriend. And I remember like, I, I noticed myself last night feeling like as I was getting ready, I was like nervous about like, oh, my hair, like, should I, should I curl it? Should I like do these extra things that I normally wouldn't do? Because I caught, like I caught myself wanting to impress this woman that I was going to meet. And I, I like when I caught myself, I was just kind of like laughing, like, well, wow, that's, that's silly. Like, just be yourself, just be yourself, girl. You're, you're enough as you are. And, um, i I think at dinner that that was also the reason why I had two glasses of wine instead of one, because I was just a little nervous and just wanted something to kind of like ease that, which alcohol is not the answer to easing your anxiety at all. I actually mentioned that in one of my reels. I think it's called uh, something about things that sabotage self-love. And, and the very first tip is relying on alcohol to relax. That's not a good idea to rely on alcohol to relax. I know that alcohol will make you feel this like relaxation feeling but if you really think about it down to a cellular level down to the deep deep layers because I like to go deep since I'm a quantum self-love coach like at the cellular level it's actually not creating relaxation because your body is like fighting off the alcohol so anyways tangent there so 
Yeah, Soul Tribe and Gathering. So this spring equinox sister circle event that I went to ended up being so healing. We were paired off into pairs <laughs> and uh, we did like some very vulnerable sharing with each other. We did some visualization. And basically like my big takeaway at the end of the day was that it's safe to be seen and that I'm not alone because a lot of the things that we shared, like me and my partner, like we really related to each other. And we even had like a point in the beginning of the event where we went around the circle and we shared something of um, what makes us feel most alive. And we resonated, like we all resonated with each other. Like we were mentioning that we like hiking, we like cooking, we like being in nature, we like singing and yoga and stuff. And we were just like, sharing like at the end of the event we were sharing what our biggest takeaways were and we really just noticed that we are all the same and we we really are a sisterhood and it's safe to connect with each other and I'm so glad that I'm recording this because now this is my push and reminder to finally reach out to everyone from the event because we did do like a little contact sheet with phone numbers so as soon as I stop recording this, I'm going to be messaging them, <laughs> putting myself out of my comfort zone. <laughs> at this point in my life, at 32, I'm I'm very picky with friendships and I'm definitely way more outspoken. And I think the outspokenness comes from my own work with uh connecting with my feminine and connecting with my body at a deeper level. Like I'm noticing myself being more of a self-expressed babe and like voicing my needs more. And that has, that has kind of like shifted things in the friendship level. Like I have this one friend who we have known each other since childhood and with me getting more confidence to like set boundaries and voice my opinions on stuff that wasn't hand that wasn't reciprocated well and um that friendship fizzled out but also like in now sitting with that and sitting with like so with this friendship it's really sad to kind of like end a friendship I'm still I'm still approaching it as like it's a pause and I told her when we had, we actually had this conversation over text, which was not good, but it was her doing. I would have rather had a phone conversation about it, but it is what it is. I told her that, you know, I'm not closing a door. The door here is open. Like whenever you feel ready with your healing journey, you can come back. But the, for me, like the way that friendship was for me and me sitting with it, I'm, I'm realizing like my own things that have come up in friendships. And that is the voicing your needs part, like the voicing my own needs. So I'm the type of friend who will sit and listen to you for however long you need listening. But what the problem with that for me and in my friendships has been is then my friendships kind of turn into this unhealthy dynamic where I feel like a therapist where I'm always doing the listening and I'm like, it takes a lot of energy to like sit there and listen. And not that it's like, not that it's uh, bad to vent to your friends. I'm totally here for that. But like, I noticed that in this friendship specifically, it was, it seemed from my point of view, it seemed very one-sided because I was there to listen and there was a lot of kind of felt like my time wasn't respected, but I realize now that like, it's up to me to voice that and to say like, I'm not, I'm not available for this. And I did do that. I did start saying, you know, like, let's cut our 9 a.m. phone calls down to an hour. Let's cut, let's set us, let's set ourselves a timer. 
the thing that would happen was like, I would be there and be listening a lot that by the time, by the time that friend was done, I was just exhausted. And like, I didn't even have the bandwidth to share about what was going on with me. And I just wanted to get off the phone and like, go do some breath work or meditate or go for a walk, do something to like nourish my energy again and to like replenish myself. And I realized that like that, that is every friendship has two sides to it. Every relationship has two sides to it. So it's very important to see your own, your own actions and to take responsibility of it. So I realized that in friendships that I have not been very good at voicing my own needs and, and saying like, I need to be heard right now, or, you know, setting those boundaries because I'm a recovering people pleaser. So in doing that with this friend, it, it has, it's on pause for now. And it's been a great learning experience. I'm very grateful for it. And, um, yeah, so just know that like, if you're on this journey of starting your business, of becoming a coach, of starting a new career, whatever big goal that it is that you are working towards as you grow, some people might not go along for that ride. And as you grow, you're going to have different needs. And as your confidence grows, you're going to you're going to feel more comfortable in setting boundaries and in being your own person and being more outspoken. And that will lead to friendships evolving. Some of them might end, some of them might come to a pause and maybe years down the line, you'll rekindle again, but like, it's not bad. It's not good. It just is. It just is. It's just what's, what's been happening you know? And another thing that I realized from this friendship, so there was something where like, mm, let's see, how much do I want to share? I really, I really want to share this piece of like, why I let it slide that this conversation, this conversation was had over text was, so I mentioned that I would feel really tired and depleted from these phone calls. And because of that, I was really struggling. Like I have many journal entries where I was really struggling with like, what do I do about this friendship? It seems unaligned. Um, I need to have a conversation about this, or maybe this friendship needs to like end, but I wasn't brave enough to do it myself. So then when this person told me like, Hey, you know, I'm on, I'm going on this healing journey and it feels like our paths aren't aligned right now. And I think we should take a break instead of like fighting for the friendship or asking for like, let's talk on the phone. I was just like, Oh, woo, like she did what I was too afraid to do. And so I was just like, all right, doors open for you. Bye. And, and that's also not cool because it's not cool because I, there's this level of like abandonment of self-abandonment when you don't voice your own needs. So not that I'm here, like shaming myself and stuff. I'm just, I'm just really trying to be super vulnerable and share with you my own story with this, because I know that there's at least one other person. If there's one person that can listen to this and get some sort of aha moment or a shift, then my job here is done and I'm grateful. Okay. Um, ooh, and then there's one more thing that I wanted to mention. So a few weeks ago, I discovered that there is a whole group of people on the internet who make fun of people that do what I do. And of course, like there's trolls everywhere on the internet. Right. But there is, um, there's a coach that I love. Her name's Ashe Sundara. And she shared to us, to her story, someone who did like a, I think it's called stitching where you share a reel, but you have, you have like the original person's reel playing next to yours and you're kind of like reacting to it. So Ashe had this video where she was doing an embodiment practice. 
And she was like, you know, being really sensual. It showed a clip of her in the bath. It showed a clip of her on her bed wearing lingerie. And um, this person did a clip of it and like a reaction and was basically like shaming her and saying like that this was bad to do because it's sexual marketing and all this stuff. And like when you go to this person's page, it's like all making fun of like spiritual coaches and so, some of the stuff is like honestly my first reaction was like oh my god this person is a bitch <laughs> and then um I had this conversation with someone named Austin who we recorded a podcast episode together that will be live for next season for season three and when we started this call I asked her like how she was doing and we both like we both ended up talking about how we were feeling weird about expressing ourselves online because of this post, because of this post of this, this woman making fun of another woman for her own expression. And Austin said something really like that. It really changed my perspective. She was saying how she was sitting with like within the within a community of people who are calling out what spiritual coaches are doing there's also love there because their intention really is for people to not get scammed and for people to like actually get transformation from the investments they make and i hadn't even thought about that until she mentioned it so then when i took another look at this person's account i did find that like some of the things she posted, I did find that some of them I agreed with, but there were also a lot of things that I don't agree with. Like the, the post about the sexual marketing, for example, it was for a course about pleasure. It was for something about pleasure. It, it had to do with it. Like it, it's not, it's not, um, immoral to use sensuality in a post when you teach sensuality like that's what this person does and yeah just seeing it like I immediately was like upset <laughs> and then there's also this like fear within me of like should I block this person because what if one day she decides to make fun of my stuff and like make fun of that I call myself a quantum self-love coach because she makes fun of using words like quantum and feminine and other things too. I don't remember. Really, it's about, you know, being okay in yourself, no matter what others have to say, no matter what others think. Like the journey of you being fully self-expressed in your own truth is a difficult journey to go on. And it's the most rewarding journey. And the very point of it is that you will find your soul tribe, just like that card of mine said, you will find your soul tribe. The people that don't align with you are going to maybe like this person make a post making fun of you, or they're going to not want to be a friend. And that is all a blessing. That's all a blessing. And part of that blessing, I think comes from like, just there's something so magical with having um having like interaction with people that think differently about you so that you can really question your own beliefs and get a deeper understanding of like why you are doing what you do and have a like more confidence with like yeah I do this because like for example that post that a shape posted to her story, a post of someone making fun of her. And she put, it's people like this that make me grateful for what I do. And I think that was just an amazing way to handle it. So I hope that this, I hope that this sister wound episode made sense with all my rambling. <laughs> I hope that me sharing my story resonated with you. If you have a takeaway or if something clicked in your mind about this, I would love to hear about it. You can send me a message over at in, on Instagram. My handle is at self babe. And if the sisterhood wound 
and forgiveness is something you are working on. This is something I work on with my one-on-one clients in my four-month mentorship container, Grounded Growth. And I do have a few spots open. So feel free to uh, message me on Instagram about that. I'll also include a link in the show notes. Thank you again so much for listening and I will see you next time. Bye. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Openly Spoken. I know that there's an abundance of content online, so I appreciate you giving me your ears today. And if this episode shifted something for you, please share this with a friend and or write the podcast a review if you're listening on iTunes so that more people can find this. If this episode gave you an aha moment or a cool takeaway that you want to share with me, I would love to hear about it on Instagram. You can DM me. My handle is at selfexpressbabe. Feel free to also screenshot this and share it to your Instagram stories and tag me so that I can repost you. And before I go, I just want you to remember that you are worthy of living a life you absolutely love. You can make it all happen. And until next time, be well and make time to do something today that makes you smile. Bye.